listening to Evolve with Nicolette, a bad bitch healing. What's poppin' everyone? I hope y'all had an awesome Halloween and even better Dia de los Muertos, celebrating your loved ones. As you are hearing this right now, I am at Disneyland. So excited. I haven't been back to the parks in so long. So it was already a little bit before the pandemic and then some. So it's been a total of two years. And that is way too long, especially for a previous pass holder. I mean, I had an annual pass, I mean, since 2000, like the year 2000, my mom, my mom and dad were so gracious and would get us one every year for Christmas. Like that would be about it. My mom and dad would get us like little things, but like the only thing we ever wanted was to have a Disneyland pass. So we were blessed to have one since 2000, the year 2000 and beyond. And I think after that, we were able to get signed in and go in with the boys for free a um, couple of times. And then it just got a little bit too way outrageous for um, my sons and I to have all of us to have a pass. Um, and then we stopped going in like little bit before 2019 ended. So I am excited to be going back and I'm probably <laughs> at this time, I probably would have already cried already. So I'm excited to go back and it really is truly a happy place for me. Um, and my kids and man, I was that mom. I was that rope drop mom where I would be there before they would drop the ropes at the opening of Disneyland and would get the most awesome pictures with no one in the background. Um, If you're curious to see what my rope drop mom life was about, my kids actually, I used to run their Instagram page called Three Disney Boys. So it's Three Disney Boys with a Z. And um, so cute. And I love that we did that because... Um, I feel like my kids are frozen in that time in those pictures. Like it's an Instagram scrapbook of awesome shots and memories. And I can't believe I did that with two in a stroller and one on my hip, like for real. Um, and I did that with all my kids. All my kids would be used to going to Disneyland from there being like a month or two old. And I would do it by myself because my husband hates Disneyland. So I didn't really care and would truly <laughs> enjoy going by myself and sometimes with my brother who would come and spend the time with us. Um, so yeah, so light a candle. Now my kids are a little bit older. I thought I was going to do Disneyland without a stroller, but I'm not going to be pushing it around the parks. Um, I just figure that instead of buying a locker, I would benefit from having a stroller, at least inside the park. Um, so I'll probably park it somewhere and then just keep it pushing. So I'm excited. I'm excited because Sonny's been wanting to go back so bad. He loves Disneyland as much as I do. All three of them do really, but the other older two are a little bit more cool now and a little bit more on the lazy side when it comes to walking around. So, um, Sonny definitely 
um, enjoyed those one-on-one solo trips with me before their brothers would get out of school. Um, but I digress. I wanted to get into today's episode, which is all about hmm, where I'm at in my grief story and how Dia de los Muertos plays a part in that. Um, first and foremost, I haven't had a chance to um, talk about what happened on the day of my birthday. Kind of just been going full speed since I came back from Hawaii and having all of these amazing guests, which I appreciate so much. But for hmm, a lot of people don't know this, but um, for me on the day of my birthday, which was September 8th, a little bit before we left to Hawaii, um, my the man who raised my mom, um, which is her dad, uh, passed away on that early morning um, in Mexico City. And it was, it was a hard time. He died of COVID. Um, and it was, it was sad because he had lost his wife a little bit, probably a year to the date of his passing. Um, and I think he was just tired. Now, I don't want to talk about him in a way where I did have a relationship with him because I didn't, um, I think it totally added to, you know, people have daddy issues, which I do, but I felt like I had grand, like, abuelito issues, um, (laughs) because I didn't have one, and I really longed for that relationship with him, because my mom speaks so fondly of him. So a little bit of a background, um, he is not the biological father of my mother, But my mom, being the youngest of her siblings, um, her biological dad, I think that's how the story goes, essentially gave her, um, took her from my grandmother and gave um, her to his first cousin. I think that's what the story is. I might be wrong. Um, So yeah, and I think my grandfather was his early 20s, or I think 19 years old by taking him in. So him and his sister um, raised my mom. And I'll forever be grateful for him taking on that task of raising basically a newborn, um, an infant, because that set the whole trajectory of not just my mother's life, um, on a different path, but also her children. And I'll forever be grateful to that man because of that. And I kind of always longed to be able to have a conversation with him and to say thank you to him in person. Um, But I never got the chance to. But when he passed, I was really, I mean, not that I was grieving, but I was hurting for my mom. You know, like it was definitely a hard time. She wasn't able to go say goodbye in person. She wasn't able to go visit. Although she had went in 2019, you know, because of what's happening in the pandemic, she wasn't able to go because it wasn't safe enough for her to go. And then she also didn't want to get him sick. Um, you know, just in case you couldn't be too careful. So I felt bad for her. And I know that this was a pain that, um, she was feeling very, very deeply, you know, like this is, this is her dad. This is the guy who raised her. 
and um, I was kind of in like a a sad place on that day of my birthday because I didn't get the chance to have the conversation I thought I was going to have with him. And I ended up having a conversation with my mom that day or a couple of days after kind of telling her how I feel. And she's like, oh, no, he wouldn't even have been able to have that conversation with you because he wasn't much of a talker. And it would be his sister, the lady who raised, uh, who helped raise my mom, that would be the one that would be able to give me the story I needed to hear, you know, kind of like closing the gaps and what that was like, um, for them to raise my mom, you know, and my mom has suffered a lot of trauma because of her being separated from her siblings and her mother and everything that happened. Like that's a whole nother episode in itself. Um, but because she was raised with so much love and with so much care and, you know, the values and morals that were instilled in her from that age, um, definitely set her life and her children's life into a whole different path. So I think I just wanted to be in gratitude with the man who made that decision and who basically probably didn't even realize that what was going to happen, but it did, you know? Um, and I was, um, you know, had the goal of wanting to learn Spanish to be able to communicate and I'm still going to, I'm definitely being a little bit more active, being a little less shy, um, to practice and to find the means to do so though, so that when I do meet her madrina in Mexico, that I will be able to communicate with her as best as I can. Um, cause all I want to do is just express gratitude to somebody, you know? Um, and I find it very beautiful I know that a lot of people probably wouldn't feel this way because a lot of people were telling me sorry on my birthday, you know, sorry. Like, you know, my aunts and uncles in Mexico were sending me messages on Facebook, obviously saying happy birthday and then also sorry because, you know, kind of like this day is now, you know, with this dark cloud over it when it was actually the complete polar opposite for me because I felt honored that he transitioned on my birthday. It was like he knew I wanted that connection. And now I for, will forever have it. And even though there's a lot of trauma and sadness and ultimate grief, you know, at the loss. For me, for someone who didn't have that great of a connection with him. Or non-existent, really, right? I've only met him probably, like, a handful of times. Like, two, three times. Um, in my 34 years. I could feel the energy that was emitting from all the way over there from him. For us. For my mom and her kids, you know? Um, and I feel just a little bit more closer to him now that he has transitioned on my birthday. So at least I'll be able to have a little moment with him every day on my birthday and know that, you know, he gained his angel wings that day and he's no longer suffering. So, and with that, 
from that moment, from that day when I, you know, on my birthday and later that day and the rest of that week, I was kind of processing what that was. And there was a lot going on, especially that led into my Hawaii trip and it kind of bled into it too, was I didn't feel like I was worthy to grieve him, but I was grieving what could have been, you know, or what should have been. But I know that everything is in divine timing and everything has its divine purpose. Um, So definitely it bled into my trip into Hawaii, but I definitely give myself some grace and don't really beat myself up for it because who knows how to grieve properly, right? Who knows how to process death properly? Um, And instead, I now choose to not really reside in the guilt but to reside in knowing and being thankful and in the deepest gratitude for him that day. Like it's just another special layer of my day and not really remembering him, remembering him in sadness, you know, and processing that and understanding what that means for my grief story and my healing journey Um, I definitely pat myself on the back for that because every time I had experienced a death or an, you know, a huge loss in my life, it was riddled with so much trauma, so much sadness and anger and all types of things. So I'm just so thankful that I am now in a space where I'm able to process those things and I have the tools to do so and it really is a big win for me like a small well not small it's a win that I'm able to honor how I'm feeling see how far I've come and be able to pick up and put down however it is I'm feeling whenever and however I feel I need to process it and how I go about that Like being able to have options and know how to cope with what's happening in my life is something that has come full circle for me in this journey. Because I went for so many years not knowing how to do that. And it's a huge win for me now that I know how to do that. And which brings me to, you know, the topic and the date, November 2nd being Dia de los Muertos. On the first and the second, my mom explained to me that, um, at least for Mexico and the way how they celebrate Day of the Dead, um, this November 1st is for um, the children who have passed. And then the second, November 2nd, is for the adults who have passed. And for me, I have had such a beautiful experience with celebrating Dia de los Muertos recently. And I have um, been really healing um, with this um, day and with this um, season. Um, In 2019, my parents and I participated in downtown Santa Ana's Dia de los Muertos festival. And it was such an awesome experience and the organizers of that event really did a great job of putting it on and it was so festive and an all-day experience 
And our day started at 6 a.m. and didn't end till almost midnight. And the street was lined with altars and ofrendas and families honoring their loved ones. And it was really an extraordinary experience. And I was so thankful that I got to experience that with my mom and my dad. Um, my parents and I really bonded over getting this altar together and sharing stories with each other with each picture that we put up. And now that I look back on it, my parents and I were really bonding and healing our grief story as a family, you know, as parents and a daughter. And death is, you know, super inevitable and certain for all of us, right? But damn, my parents and I and both sides of my family really went through it. Like people didn't just die. It was always traumatic, always super traumatizing and full of so much anger and turmoil and grief and just so much sadness and so much pain. And my grief story really started in 1996 when my abuelita passed away. And there was so much family turmoil of her passing and trauma accompanied by that grief. Um, You know, so much family fighting and arguing that just made loss and the loss of my abuelita that much more painful. And the same kind of happened for my Filipino side, too. When my grandparents passed away, there was a lot of resentment and anger and obviously sadness, right? My grandparents passed away within 11 months of each other. Um, And for me, I was one of the caregivers. So it was a lot. It was a lot to deal with and was pretty traumatizing seeing my grandparents really you know, disintegrate, right? Deteriorate, disintegrate, disintegrates a little bit too graphic, but deteriorate in front of my eyes. And, uh, you know, my grandmother passed away first. So my Lola took her last breath and watching her do that, you know, me being 14 years old, it really was super traumatic for me. And I didn't know at the time, right? I had no idea what trauma was at the time. And it really set a huge boulder on my shoulders, really a boulder on my chest where I felt grief was so synonymous with breathing, where I thought it was just going to be a part of my life for the rest of my life, which it is, right? But this space where I just felt like I was always suffocating with so much loss, I always felt like me suffering is my curse for the rest of my life, you know, and me being 14 and 15 and watching them pass away was so detrimental to my mental health and no one around me. I don't think anybody around me even knew how to cope with themselves. So they weren't even capable to teach me how to cope, you know, and then also that too, therapy was so frowned upon that they'd rather not have been with the stigma of going to therapy and rather me just stay with the suffering. And I don't think it's, you know, anybody's fault, but I think there's a huge, um, there's a lot there to unpack. And for me, I just want to normalize that part of healing for my sons so that they don't have to feel that same type of weight and pressure with just dealing with that unhealed part of themselves for so long, the way how I did. 
because I definitely had that unhealed part of me for 20 years plus. I grew up extremely fast after that. And I feel super sad for the younger version of myself because all she needed was to feel safe. And I don't think anybody around her even know what safe felt like. Um, We're going to leave that there. And we're going to take a breather. Uh, I definitely need a breather. So with that, we're going to take a commercial break. So here's a word from my sponsor. This episode is sponsored by LaRousse. LaRousse is created with their community in mind. We are for the most novice consumer to the most experienced artists. We want to continue creating brushes that will help our community amplify their individuality while embodying power, strength, and courage. Our product is designed in California, luxury, handmade, cruelty-free, hypoallergenic, vegan brushes. Softness as soft as your favorite broken-in brush. Check out Miss Rennie, a 14-piece set. She is our highest-rated, best-selling brush set, featuring some of our most popular brushes. She is our most versatile set. Use her to create a simple, no-makeup look for a full beat. She is very travel-friendly. Her beautiful studded cup keeps your brushes clean while protecting your brush's shape and integrity. Check out LaRousse at LaRousseBeauty.com and use my code EVOLVE20 for 20% off your purchase. So we're back. Um, I had to definitely take a breather because I don't want this to be like a down episode. But sometimes you need a little bit of the heavy to get to the light. Um, And, you know, this is a part of my grief story, being able to talk about it and then not to be apologetic for it. Um, Because grief is synonymous with life. That could be a whole nother episode in itself. But healing the younger me and holding a special place for baby Nico is something I've been working on for so long. Whether it's the shadow work or therapy, and even doing this podcast has been a huge tool in my healing story and in reminding myself that I am my own safe space. Shout out to Joyful Jenny for that gem. That has definitely been something, you know, a phrase I've been holding on to for the last couple of weeks, and I'm super thankful that she told it to us in Magical Mohead Morning. And spaces like Magical Mohead Morning and Healing Community has definitely been so beneficial to my healing. And being able to be transparent with my tribe and knowing, you know, being able to share with them when I'm not okay and when things are heavy and when things are light and when things feel good and when things don't. I'm super thankful for Magical Mohead Morning for sure. This podcast has been such a tool and episodes like the one I dedicated to my brother and breaking down what happened around that time has been monumental in moving forward in my grief. And not that grief ever goes away, but the way how your soul grows with the capacity to be able to understand where all of that can go, being able to honor what it feels like, being able to honor what you wish to come into your life more, The pain and the grief never really goes away, but you learn the tools of being able to comfort and to cope and to nurture yourself during that time because it will stay with you for the rest of your life. 
And celebrating Dia de los Muertos is something that is now a tradition with my own little family, right? It's another tool in my healing toolbox is being able to do this and, you know, sharing this culture with my sons and learning about the rituals and symbolism from my mom and on my own journey of finding out and learning is so beautiful. And I'm so glad that this is a part of my culture on both sides. Being Filipino, it's a little bit different. It really is, you know, All Saints Day and honoring the dead. And, you know, in the Philippines, they would go to the cemetery and have, you know, the loved ones who have transitioned, like their favorite food and sharing. Not, you know, very, very, it's more about celebration. And I think that's across the different cultures who celebrate All Saints Day and the Day of the Dead. But being Mexican, being Latino in the way how Mexican people just, it's so colorful and so vibrant. Oh my God. It's so soothing to my soul. I feel like when I participate in Day of the Dead or the Los Muertos things, it just, it's so much more happiness rather than so much darkness, right? Than you feel on your normal grieving story. And putting the pictures on my ofrenda is a conversation starter for my kids and I, as I get to keep their memory, you know, of those who have passed alive by sharing my favorite memories and stories. Although it has been kind of difficult sharing those stories now that my sons are a little bit bigger, because now they're asking why and how things happened and how they passed and how they died, you know? And as I tried to share a story of my brother not too long ago, my son Gianluca asked, how did my brother die? And it caught me by surprise. And I really didn't know how to respond. And that question weighed so heavy on my chest. And it still does because I haven't been able to navigate how to answer that yet. Because it was so gruesome and... So traumatizing for me, I definitely don't want to traumatize my sons and especially G because G has night terrors sometimes and is always kind of concerned with, you know, my husband and I dying and I don't definitely don't want to add to that. So I really have to work on that and see how do I navigate answering that. So I'm at this weird place where I don't want to overshare with my sons, but I don't want to traumatize them either, you know, and I have to definitely figure out how to do that and know that it's a part of my healing and my growth and my evolution as a mom. And it's part of the work that I'm doing that I don't want to transfer my generational trauma onto my sons so that they don't have to pass it on to their children and so forth. So for this Tuesday's download, I understand now that the cycle stops with me. And as I honor my loved ones, not just on these specific days of the year, as I celebrate their lives with every breath of life I take, I understand that my healing is also healing the generations after me 
And that is so beautiful. Because I recognize that what happened to generations before me. It's now my responsibility to heal that. And my responsibility to keep their memory alive through those stories I tell my sons. Because like myself and my sons, we are my ancestors' biggest dreams. And celebrating their lives and how they lived is how we keep their memory alive. And how we keep moving forward and how we grow and how we change the trajectory of the, of the lineage after us. And that gives me so much hope and brings such a smile to my face because it took me so long to get here in this moment. It took me so long, so, so long to work on this, to work through the pain, to work on the trauma, to work on the sadness, on the resentment, the anger, all of it. It took me so long to get here that I can't help but smile. Because I no longer feel like I have a boulder on my chest anymore. I don't feel like I have so much so much on my shoulders. I don't feel like I have a cloud that's hovering over me. But that's because I did the work. I did that work to not just honor those who have passed, but to honor myself and the parts of me that had to die in order for me to grow into the person that I am now. To let go of the things that no longer served me. To grow into the person that I need to be in order to be in alignment with my greatest and highest good. And I understand now that all of it is because I'm divinely guided and divinely protected. And listen, none of that says that I'm perfect. (laughs) I take my flaws with my strengths, okay? And if you're listening to this right now and you're experiencing your own darkness and grief and suffering, I want to be the reminder that there is hope at the end of that tunnel. And in time... You will know when the moment's right, when you, all you got to do is reach up and turn on that light yourself. Because there's no magic button that says, oh, here, press this and the grief's going to go away. That's not how that works. (laughs) That is definitely not how that works. It takes some work. It takes some time, lots and lots of time. And so much grace that you got to give yourself. So much forgiveness for yourself, for nobody else but yourself. So that you can make space to not just grieve your loved ones, but to celebrate them. And I promise you it gets better. It gets better when you feel ready for it to get better. Because I think also that time of just sitting in it and residing in it, that part's needed also. So, 
as this episode comes to a close, I just want to give you a virtual hug, sending you all the healing and love and positive vibes. And I'm so thankful for having this space in order, you know, to be in community with you and to heal with you. And I'm so glad that you chose to press play today. And if you like what you heard today and been rocking with your girl for 54 episodes, please hit subscribe, like, give your girl a five-star rating, because that is the stuff that helps me keep on doing what I love, which is this podcast and a healing community with you. I will see you guys next time. Bye, guys. I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye.